Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Pod channel. I'm Stacey June. And I'm, oh, bad timing. I'm just about to do a throat burp. No, Sorry. Christy. The, it is the Thinky Girls Pod channel. You're right. You're Stacey and I'm Christy. Hi. I was actually considering starting this again. <laughs> no. I, I could see it, it in your face. You were moments away from being like, let's just cut this shit and get your life together. No. Hello. Uh, this pod channel <laughs> is where we drop different shows across the week about our lives your lives and of course our guest lives. This week we are coming live from Alice Springs. Yes, we are. Uh, it is an interesting place we find ourselves recording. So we uh, hands up, apologise maybe for the audio quality, but we wanted to bring this to you. And we also want to give you the heads up that this will be the only podcast dropping this week and we will go forth with our usual programming as of next week. Yeah, look, if you are really loving um, the episodes and the pod channel um, so far, some of your comments coming through on Facey and, and Instagram DM are pretty amazing, but it helps so much if you give us a rating, if you write a review, or even if you just tell a bestie or I don't know, someone at work. We've really that you dig what we do because it, it really helps. This episode, of course, though, is our catch-up where we just chew the fat about what's going on with ourselves and give you an idea of, I don't know, what's been happening over the past week. I want to talk about today the fact that I feel as though I've been on a boyfriend step down program. What's a step-down program? Did you just throat burn again? <laughs> I'm very gassy. I'm, I apologise. You've the already me- apologised. The meals here have been so big. Like, yeah. it's just my body is just like, what is happening? Yeah. It's- because you know what I'm like? I have complexes about I need to finish everything on my plate. It's so interesting that you're like that considering you're also a food freak. Like you also are like, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, God, no, I couldn't eat that. Oh, no, God. No, I'm not. You turn that out. No. I'm not. I'm pretty easily pleased when it comes to Over food. Over time. There's not a lot. There's not a lot that I don't eat. I would often explain foods as smells to Stacey, so I'm like, oh, God, do you reckon this slice smells like an old sock? And then you as she like... chows it down. <laughs> like it's, it was so confusing. I'm like, do you like it? Do you not? Like you have a weird relationship with this. Oh, I do. But no, I just have this thing where I'm like, I must – I hate seeing food waste. So. But that's ridiculous. We The sizing here is like if you guys have visited the States, you obviously know how ridiculous their portion sizes are. Oh, that's a generalisation, but mostly that is kind of where it's at here in Alice Springs. The, in the steak middle of was the NT. size of Stacey's head. Head to thethinkinggirls.com.au to see the head size steak. But we'll put it in the podcast article. Okay. So if you want to go, go to the podcast article with all the show notes and other bits and pieces. Right, we'll one, chuck it up there. Once you publish the article about the head size steak, what do you want to talk about? Oh, yes. I would like to talk about um, a continuation of the conversation that was open last week about your relationship with your mum. Yep. We got a lot of uh, input from you guys, from our posse, about how much you loved that. And it was interesting because Christy and I were talking about maybe why 
that particular topic struck a chord with so many people. And I think it's because when your family isn't singing on the outside, there is a lot of shame involved. And I had a story I wanted to share involving my family over the weekend that was so far from perfect and so far from okay in many instances. But at the end, I laughed that I think was important. And also a few of the lessons that I've learned about my role in my family this year. Yeah, good one. All right, I'm going to kick it off with the boyfriend thing, yeah? Okay. Um, so when I say boyfriend step-down program, I basically mean like it's almost like those exercise programs where you step up. You know how it's like – I don't understand. No, like an eating plan or – Like Kayla Innes or – Is that how you say her name? Is that the point? <laughs> like <laughs> – what is the program? Okay, so like, it's like, a, you know how people are like on a on some kind of like step-up program where maybe they go to gym one, one day a week, then they go to gym two days a week or they're eating healthily, you know, like three oh. days a week and then you'll slowly get better and stronger and, you know, you up your weight and you up the amount that you're doing and you'll maybe up increase. Up your weight on the, on the dumbbells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the amount of weight that you're lifting or so eventually you get to a place where you can be – fit and healthy but you can't just go from doing nothing to everything all at once okay, there's I a, didn't a process they were called step up program yeah step up program or as but i feel like i've been on the step down program okay which is i was in a relationship for all of my youth yes i met my boyfriend when i was 17 we started dating when i was 18 just about to turn 19 and we only broke up six months ago yes which p.s it feels like when i so say six years, months pretty much it got, Better it, of 10 years. Yeah, it feels about six years, like six lifetimes ago, actually. Mm. I need to do that another time because mm. what the hell? Well, you start to live. Oh, like just... when you're in a bad relationship, you're going around the same circle and then you're like, oh, wait, two years has gone and nothing has changed. But it's just... And then you break up with someone and you're the complete author of your own life. Because all elements and of time. And then everything can change because you say it does. You're waiting always on someone else when you're in a crappy relationship. True. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, this step-down program, I feel like – so that's been my life, as you said, for the better part of 10 years. So when becoming single and when after going through that breakup, it was exciting, but if I'm really honest, it was a bit scary because I was like – I a feel <laughs> Jesus. I feel as though it's almost like that Stockholm Syndrome a bit where you're like trapped in a cage and someone opens the gate wide for you and they're like, all right, babes, out you come. And you're like, oh, yeah, I might just – I'll put my toe out, um, but I'm just going to chill in this cage actually because this feels safe, whereby I felt so open, exposed and like almost looking for somebody to tell me what to do, when to do it, to be this kind of sense of grounding and security and and I had you and obviously family and, you know, other people in my life and other mates, but there was this real gap where I was like, all right, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? What do you, what do we, what do you do on a Sunday? All right, Christy, let's, I don't know, let's figure this out. And I was terrified, terrified of being alone and being on my own. And I think um, I'd started, I started uh, going on a couple of dates, got on, on Bumble, um, went out for a couple of nights with a mate, met this guy. So this was only like, so this was in around November of last year and we've been seeing each other up until well, like a week, two weeks ago. So, so what, what month last year? November. November. 
December, January, February. Yeah, okay. But that's like... So almost the whole time, <laughs> basically. So you haven't really been single. Yes, what I'm saying is I couldn't go cold turkey. I couldn't go straight from having a boyfriend to straight away being 100% single. Like I didn't realise what I was doing, but in hindsight now looking back on the last six months, I was too afraid to go from totally in a relationship to totally single. I just had this time where I was like, well, where do I put this? Oh, well, I'll see him. That's what you do, Mm. right? That's what I've done for the Mm. last, any bit of spare time I have to potentially spend it on myself, working on myself, reading, um, writing, maybe, I don't know, go to the freaking movies, get a massage, like just do, maybe sit on the couch and do sweet fuck all. Mm. I'll spend that time now instead of on my boyfriend, I'll spend it on this guy I'm seeing and seeing him in every possible crevice of my day. Your new boyfriend. (laughs) Basically. But it was that a couple of months in because I started seeing him before I went away to Sri Lanka and I was thinking about him a lot while I was away and I was like, Christy, it was almost like hitting myself on the knuckles with a stick going, no, you need this time on your own. This is your time to shine, baby. You're you're all on your own. Stop thinking about this guy. No, I should be thinking about how I'm going to craft the next few years of my life. <laughs> That's what this time's for, bitch. Like, Get it together. Why are you thinking about this boy that you're not really that sure about and blah, blah, all this stuff? So then when I got back, I was like, oh, well, you don't need to see him. I'd come to the come to the executive decision of my brain that and my heart that I was like, you must be single, Christy. You've had all this time. You don't know what it is to be independent. So then I spent, yeah, like almost six months essentially in a in a relationship and although I'd said to him being very clear whereby I said I'm not ready for like a, a for a relationship I feel like I still want to see and sleep with and date other people which I did throughout then and I'd be happy for you to do the same which was full on I've never I've never had a conversation like that before mm. which not many people have I was really proud of myself to be honest to do that because it wasn't wasn't easy um especially when you care about someone part of me was like oh I just feel a bit bad maybe we should just be together because he's nice and I'm kind of you know we get along and almost this kind of feeling like I don't know not not sympathy is not the right word but like I feel bad because I know that he is probably ready more ready for a relationship than I am so maybe this is this is what I don't know, a slow burn kind of um, connection with somebody is. It doesn't have to be this fast falling, I don't know who I am, crazy, can't stop thinking about them. It was a really warm kind of soft glow of a feeling towards somebody which I've never really experienced before. But then over the last, I don't know, couple of months and couple of weeks, and I'm sure it's like a lot of people you included, you can see things in people that you love sometimes way before they can. Mm. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not sure what this is. Maybe this can be something. Am I ready for a relationship? Oh, my God, like surely not. And then sometimes I'd do my head in where I was like, why are you overthinking it so much? If you just like him, just keep spending time with him. And if he's okay and you're both honest about where you're at and what you want, then it's cool. So I'd do this dance constantly back and forward, back and forward, back and forward about what this was and wanting to put some kind of label on it, not just for 
myself but for him and for everybody else because my sister came up he met my you know my sister he met all you guys came to the engagement thing came to my birthday like it was it was a relationship for sure but only in the last couple of probably two weeks I had I don't know I just had this different space where I'd been on this other date and I had I maybe something to compare it to but it was just very clear to me that I was like oh he's an awesome person but and he deserves to be with somebody that's equally as awesome and in this in a similar space and I'm not that person and it's weird how all of a sudden you look back and you're like how was I so unsure about something that now feels very sure in my gut to me now Mm. so this is the step down process yeah so where are you at now I've broken it off with him because I finally feel like I'm actually after being in a relationship for eight and a half years then having a six-month relationship now now I feel like I'm finally ready to be on my own Mm. I'm finally ready to be single because I think I was kidding myself before thinking that I was because I had somebody there and I think the interesting part is around this is that I think we're not you don't get to choose when you're ready that's the that's the tough part and I think we fight what we're naturally wanting because you know in me I was so wanting I was so wanting to be yeah I'm on my own and I'm confident and I'm this but I think that I think that's sold to be a reality that isn't a reality like when you first come out of a relationship, there's, you know, you feel a bit of euphoria and like there's this adrenaline, I think, coming out of all of these choice. But then that choice very quickly turns into terror because you, it's all on you now. Mm. You've made the decision or you're, you've, someone's made it for you in other instances if you're listening and someone's broken up with you. And obviously, no matter which way it goes, even if you are heartbroken by that, and someone has forced your hand out of it, there's a good chance this adrenaline and this kind of freedom comes to you at some point because if your relationship, you're no longer in a relationship, you were never meant to be in it. So you can fight all you want that you want it back. But at the end of the day, you're not supposed to be in a relationship that where someone's breaking up with you mm, and vice versa. Yeah. So you just need to trust that. And it, it is one of those things as well where I think you think you can control the bits, the path that you're at and it's a choice, mm. like how you're saying, I choose to be single now. You chose to be single. You just weren't willing to see that. Yeah, because looking back, I was not a single person. No, like in that, in that, out of the relationship, in that. But my the point, last you know what I mean? My, months, my yeah. point is, I think you've always been a single person. You always are the person that needed to be single for yourself. You just chose to not look. I think you think because when you're single as well and you newly become single, you're trying to get control over it because it feels completely out of your control, a lot of it. And then you realize, and such a big piece of advice is that, and it took me, I think, four and a half years to learn this, to put your hands up and go, I actually now have no control, Mm. none. And that's terrifying. None. I don't know when I'm going to meet someone. I don't know when I'm going to next sleep with someone. I don't know when I'm going to next connect with someone. But it does feel like a different, I do feel, does feel like a different phase. Like I'm not even going, oh, I'll just jump on Bumble and just have a swipe around or I'll just. But I think it's not, I I think it's an acceptance. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I would agree with that. And that's why I think it's important for anyone that's listening to know that it is, it is actually, instead of you choosing it, you've surrendered to what is. 
And I think that's the, the one of the key lessons here. Mm. It was always there. You're surrendered to accepting it now rather than fighting it. Yeah, it was too it. scary before. Yeah, but that's yeah. Ju- just to give clarity. And I think it's, you know, it is important to make the difference because if you put so much pressure on yourself to say, I'm choosing this or I'm choosing this, like when you were away overseas, no, stop choosing this. It's not a choice. It's not mm. something you can choose. It's not in your control. So you mm. can't be hard on yourself either. You just have to surrender to what it is rather than mentally thinking you have any control over it. Mm. And that goes for anybody in any different situation about this single journey. Yeah. I also think having compassion and practicing compassion for yourself is mega important too. Of course. It's something I totally struggle with. And with that um, being hard on yourself, yeah. Like when I was away, for instance, like as you said, being compassionate that you're like, okay, well, these thoughts, they are what they are. And that goes hand in hand with the... um, with the surrendering too, I think. Well, it does. And I think you start with compassion and then you start you start to almost unchain yourself from these ideas of what you are supposed to be doing. Mm. And then the more you unchain yourself, the more you stand there naked and you're like, I'm this is the situation. I can't I can't control it. I'm slowly stripping off my clothes. Well, you, yeah, you've my got to get your off. tackles off first. Yeah, my top. <laughs> My what? Your tackles. What's that? Aren't they the chains? Oh, the like, shackles, doll. Oh. <laughs> on that note. And on that note, let's take a quick break and uh, fucking regroup, yeah? And we're back. I think some people call penises tackles. Like, oh, my tackles. My tackles. <laughs> Do they? Oh. Tack- no, sure. I just thought of fishing. TBC. Tackle. Okay. Yeah, anyway, anyway, moving on. So you hadn't seen a lot of people in your life since you'd actually been engaged? No. Become, no. Enga- become engaged? Did, Bec- what do you say? I became engaged. Became. became I, beca- I became an engaged woman. Oh, yes. <laughs> he made a good woman out of me. Yeah. Um, that was me vomiting. All I knew was that I wanted to catch up with a lot of people that I hadn't, so I was going to make it one thing. Yeah. And... And I said, we recently got engaged. It'd be great to see people. Well, this event by far is the most diabolical clusterfuck of an event that I've ever been associated with. Which is big for you to say because you are the kind of gal, like, you know this events thing. Like, you were were creating events, like, in high school, weren't you? (laughs) You were making cashish from them, like, organising party buses, etc. So, for you... If any of you went to the Derby Day after party at the Leveson, I mean, it's going to go down in the books of one of the all-time greats. So, for you, I think that's... That's new. It is new to have a fuck-up event because, yes, I'm a control freak. Yes, I like throwing parties. I've always been a bit of a hostess with the mostest and I also like to do different things. This was just a drinks and I think this was the big thing that was different for me. I didn't care because I'm happy. Mm. (laughs) That's what you said to me as well. You were like, I think it's because you're happier. You stop giving a shit as much about the details. So then people were going away and whatever and I was like, all right, well, who rocks up, rocks up. And I was like, mostly if mum and dad are there and um, and a couple of my besties, mm, then that's, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And so as we're walking there, my dad calls me and he says, and I knew that when I got that call from my dad, my dad is uh, quite unreliable and we are pretty good mates at the moment. It's a bit of a challenging time for us because he's going through some personal stuff. 
uh, that he's going through this me- mental health. And so he's not always able to be the greatest dad. Mm-hmm. He can be a pretty good mate, but as a dad, yeah. you don't want to put him on the dad role too often because there's a good chance you're going to get hurt. And so for the engagement drinks, definitely had him in the dad role for this day. And I very rarely do that at my age now because I know the kind of person and the struggles that he has. And it's not in my best interests to put that kind of title on. However, no, but out of the few days in your life that you can, I think an engagement drink slash celebration of your love with your soulmate would be probably one of them that's that right you could swap yeah hats. I thought it might be a it might be a fairly reliable one that didn't lead to too much disappointment but when I saw the call mm. as we were walking I looked at my best mate and I went here we go so I answered the phone he said oh g'day I've been trying to contact you and he had and I was at brunch with mum earlier in in the piece and she, he said oh you know, there's a bowls. Um, there's been a bowls. There's a bowls grand final going on. My brother, my my brother also plays, and um, I've got two brothers. And he said, "Oh, um, someone's called in sick, so I'm I'm gonna have to go. Will you be at your drinks for you know three or four hours?" And I just laughed, and I was like, "I don't really know what you want me to say to this, mm. um, but I'm gonna go because I can't." Yeah. what you're ringing for is for me to tell you it's okay. it's okay yeah I'm not and so then he blew up because that's how he rolls and so we got to the event and I was already like laughing but gutted that you know even in these instances even if I didn't call it with the balloons and have the big party and yeah. do all this stuff it's that's my way I shouldn't have to do things the big traditional way that everybody else does it to get attention. But do you think and that's, if this is the interesting part about this whole thing too is like do you have to do it like everybody else for anybody to take it seriously? But genuinely, do you think if you had hired out a hall, you did the metallic fucking helium balloons, which I know would be a real stretch because you're shaking your head. But tell me this, do you think if you had that those elements that people would define as oh well this is an official engagement, engagement thing, do you reckon your dad would have done the same thing well maybe? this is the thing with my relationship with my dad I don't know yeah okay. and that's the, and that's why we're continuing the conversation that we had last week because I think it was so important for us to share that things are really hard mm. all the time yeah. and people don't have these cliche relationships so we go up and we land at the front of this hotel oh we get upstairs and we literally walk out to this like Greek kind of terracotta balcony hotel restaurant situation. It sounds exotic. Where there's like, it's quite high up, which I thought in theory, and they had those plastic rubber walls instead of actual walls. So I was like, this has got to be more dangerous for the babies than the gym bar. But anyway, on we go. I walk out to level 13 and I actually, my mate and I laugh because I went, oh, this can't be it. And then they go, Stacy, And I was like, oh, oh no. fuck it is. Oh, fuck it is. So then we all walk with our prams trying to get through this awkward little restaurant to this long table. Any plastic vines? Uh, yeah, there was a bit of plastic yeah, going cool. on in there. Yep. So that happened. Dad rocks up, you know, then gives me this Kylie book that he found and presented with me three hours or four hours later and said oh this is uh this was on the way to the tip you know because Kylie Minogue book yeah must have been on a tip pile for hard rubbish collection and he's picked it up on the way and brought it for me (laughs) so this is where my day's at Jesus so it just and there was a few other factors that I won't go into because the point of the story was 
that it's interesting. We were going out for dinner afterwards and I was like, okay, screw this. We're going to a really nice dinner. It's going to be a small group of us and we need to just... Rectify this yes. situation. And mum and dad were going to come and I said, look, it's just, it's really expensive. You're not really dressed for it. Like, let's just call it. And they were pretty broken and it was hard because I was like, you know what? What I've realized in the role that I have in my family is that I have 100% been the fixer for a very long time. And I have found myself putting everybody before myself. I have found myself wanting, just constantly overthinking how everybody's feeling, how everyone's affected. Before you do, think about yourself. 100%. And I've gone through my entire life thinking that I was not that. I think because I was so so ambitious and so clear on what I wanted in life, I kind of looked at that like it was not selfish, but kind of self, well, maybe, yeah, a bit selfish, a bit self-involved. Like, no, I've got my views, my views looked after. But I've we, got my goals looked after. But having your goals looked after and having your person looked after in in family environments like this with my mum, my dad and my two brothers is a very different thing. But we have such stereotypical roles as to what those things are where we're like, oh, he's our friend, she's so kind, she's a nurse, she's lovely and she's had a baby, so she's the maternal one, she's the, she's the kind one, she's the fixer one. And then you've got this friend, you know, maybe like uh, you, type A, personality, go-getter, business person, must be, you know, she's still single, must obviously be, you know, a bit full of herself. I wouldn't, like, and if you're going, which one here is the fixer? Mm. You're looking at the lady with the baby that's the nurse exactly. because that's in our brain a stereotypical maternal looks a certain way, single looks a certain way. Exactly. And I think I hadn't ever associated myself with that kind of personality trait, that inside, in fact, I was the eldest of two kids. My younger brother came later to it. He was another partner of my dad. So there were the four of us that grew up and I was the eldest trying to find some kind of comfort comfort and I guess security in a very insecure, unstable, um, at times quite tumultuous upbringing. And I'd continued that role for many, many years, not just with my brother and I, but my parents. Mm. And so it was interesting because we got to this point. My mum was there, of course, and she was in fine form. And we had, in the end, we had a great day. And I have learned to laugh at things not going the way that on the outside they look like they should. And an engagement party, your dad Mm. should come, Mm. you know, and at this, it should be like this. As this fixer person that I've only kind of realized through a bit of work that I've been doing on myself this year, the last couple of months, you then roll with their punches. So even though you laugh and you think, and I've told myself in the past, my God, it's so good. You can just laugh at it. You move on and you work with what you've got. In, there's that to the that's the point that I was at probably last year and have been for some time where you're like which is quite remarkable considering I have a lot of challenges that other people don't when it comes to my immediate family and so I just accept them for exactly as I am and I love them for exactly as I am and as mm, we mentioned last mm. week it's taken me a lot to get there a lot of therapy but now my next step has been that not only will I love them as they are but I will love myself too Man, I relate and to this so much, but I, I'm steps behind you in that. But I, yeah, I will love, I, I will love myself first. Yeah. Now, and I'm very glad that you finally decided to arrive, Dad and Mum. I've had such a ball with you, but now I'm going to do this with my friends. That's big because. I can't keep rolling with the punches you guys throw me anymore. Would, would I need you? to just enjoy this 
and now I need to own what I need. And even though my needs are confronting, because it may mean that on the night of my engagement, I don't need you both, that's who I am. So there's no way you would have been able to make that call even six months no, ago? No, because you're like, you have your parents mm. there. Even my boyfriend, even my fiancé was like, they'll come. We'll pay. We'll figure it out. We'll book another table. Because we'd had it all organised at about when Dad pulled out, I said to my bestie, we're booking a table here. This is the ki- like everyone's going to go away with their kids. We're going here. And then he was trying to make it work because he's like, of course, you have, they're your parents. Yeah. This is the time. And I went, no, they are my parents and we have had a good time. But enough with painting this picture of how it's supposed to look. If I'm true to myself, this has been lovely. But now I want to go and have a dinner with my friends and have a conversation where I know no one's going to come late or leave early and we're just going to be able to relax and enjoy myself. And that's where I feel comfortable right that's now. A big, that's a very big call to make because I think there's so much guilt and shame associated with like, oh, well, you know, especially these big events, you know, that you have titles. You need your parents. It oh, what do you, mean, what be... do you mean they haven't come to the, you know, like, so what does that mean? What's that saying on you or how does that reflect on? But I think, I think it's so admirable and so big of you to be like you know we had a laugh about it blah 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 because I know that feeling not to the not to the extent I think um yeah what you what you deal with in that kind of dysfunction that is your norm um is relatable to a lot of people and I think I relate to it but probably not to that extent and that's why as well writing the book yeah um Lena our manager again who's been quite amazing mentioned to me she goes yeah this is at normal stays yeah like you know and there's, there's, and I think that gave me permission to go, all right, it isn't, doesn't make it bad. It's my life That's and there's right. a lot of fucking love there. Don't get yeah. me wrong. There is so much love there. But there comes a point where you also need to make a decision and say, this. there is yeah, a point. I, I can take this to this level and then I need to also look after myself. When it comes to family, I feel like often we don't feel like we've got any say. Like we don't have a decision. You can't decide whether you want your dad or your mum to exactly. come to your. It's just a given. Duh. It's like whether you love them, hate them, whatever. There's no decision to be made. And if you're listening to this and you are relating to Stace, you know, and you've got your own stuff going on, still, even though it's your family, you still have a decision to make because in the end, you will be in a better place having had that night and that space where you feel comfortable and supported um, and you know you're not relying on people that you're not sure you know can be relied on someone says you're close with your family and you go yeah you feel like oh that must mean you're estranged and you don't talk but I think as well yeah close can mean how you define close and I I think it is important to also say and if you haven't listened to last week's episode go back I don't remember what number it is it was our last week's catch up Mm -hmm. so probably about four episodes ago but we'll put it in show notes um is that I speak about the place that I've gotten myself to is after almost 14 years of therapy and a lot of different healing, a lot of different ceremonies to let go. It's a long, long time. It's been a long process. Um, I, as you've mentioned, have a lot of hurdles that I've had to come across that a lot of people don't have to overcome. And I'm obviously nervous about talking about it. I'm stumbling over my words and it's uncomfortable right now. But I need to just really encourage you to understand that you can't skip the steps. Mm. If you do have work to do with your family and your parents, particularly your parents, 
it isn't just like a friend breakup. Nah. You know, you do need to go and see someone. Um, you do need to go do the work. Yeah. So I hope that helps and I hope, um, yeah, a lot of you did contact us after you sharing Merce this week and, and then that story happened and I was like, well, yeah, interesting. I think we just need to keep the conversation happening and make people feel less alone. It's important because no one picture looks the same. And so no, you're not alone in that what's going too. on. That's what yeah. happened. That cluster yeah. fuck of an event happened. <laughs> but it was a good night it in the end. It got rectified in the end. Man, I got drunk. <laughs> if, Man, I got drunk. If you are liking what you hear, um, subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Spotify or you can stream at thethinkergirls.com.au. And again, an update on the Think Girls pod channel this week. This will be the only episode dropping. We've got a few things going on behind the scenes. If you haven't listened to all of the other new episodes or, heavens forbid, all of our oldies, you can go back and do that on any of the iTunes or our Spotify or website platforms. Um, and we'll be back with our full full week of programming on Monday next week. Bye, guys. Bye. I regulars on Sunrise. Yeah, girl, it's the best. And we bring you guys along with us, our posse, every single week just by joining our Insta story. Yes, from the taxi ride there to the makeup chair and selfies with other amazing, talented Sunrise guests, we share it all. Yeah, make sure you head to the Thinker Girls on Insta and check out the updates every single Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll catch you there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 